Yeah. What? Ow. Welcome to another episode of Thoughts of Dustbrew. I am your host, the one and only Dustbrew in the flesh. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dustbrew Live. Today, I'd like to talk about the thing that we're all sick of hearing about, which is, of course, Donald Trump. And I don't mean to get political, but he'd be looking thick AF, no? Anyways, back to the program. Um, so I have COVID, right? This is day five of my journey with coronavirus. And I must say, at this point, I'm lucky. I've had pretty mild symptoms. A little bit of a fever here and there. No cough. No chest pain. But some congestion, as you can probably hear. And some lightheadedness, some fatigue. But other than that, I've been feeling okay. Now today I got the chance to go outside for the first time in, uh, since I got symptoms, to be frank, and it felt really nice. Just walking around, that warm sun on my back, not many clouds in the sky, just brought me back to center, you know? A lot of times we get dragged away from where we need to be and uh, it's nice to just unplug, disconnect and just go outside and, you know, watch, watch the trees sway with a gentle breeze or just feel that warm sun on your back. I mean, that's really what it means to be alive. But screw that, this ain't no, <laughs> this ain't no, uh, life is all beautiful, positive podcast. That's for losers, baby. We trying to talk shit. And that's what I'm going to do for you guys. Because I know you want to hear it. And I have things to say. Let's start with the basic easy ones, such as, if you run for political office, you are a terrible human being. Now, does this mean all politicians are inherently evil? Yes. Does this mean if you're a politician, even one of the good ones, for all those listening going, well, my politicians that I voted for, I like them. They're good people. They like to help. Wrong. The only difference between different parties, politicians are what talking points they spew out of their lying, disgusting, wicked mouths, okay? They're all evil. They're all a problem. And they all deserve to die. That last part was a joke. This is a satire podcast, if the FBI is listening. If anyone's listening, let's face it. This is episode one. You know, I gotta be I gotta grow my brand organically, as they say on Instagram. If you wanna grow your podcast brand organically, you have to engage with your audience. So here I am engaging. Audience, please 
Reach out to me on Instagram, Twitter. Like I said, at Dustbrew Live. Tell me what's going on with your life. Tell me how you're feeling. Do you have money? Probably not because, you know, you're in, you're working at a restaurant and you get shut down. And then, you know, you're, you're sitting at home going, damn, how am I going to pay my bills? And then you, then you look, watch the news and you see the governor of your state out to eat at a restaurant and you go, that, that's funny. You go, that, that's interesting. What, 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 what's happening here? He told me I can't work for six months, yet he can go drink some shitty wine with miserable, stuck-up, pretentious rich people? I mean, that's... Sorry, I had it's that COVID brain fog. It's really kicking in now. Anywho... You know, it's. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing well. And if you're not, reach out to me at Dustbrew Live, Instagram, Twitter. Let me know how you're feeling. I have no money of my own. I can't help you that way, but I can send you words of affirmation if you need them. Or if you just need a listening ear, I can do that for you. Reach out to me. We'll get through this together. But, um, yeah. You know, I got a lot of thoughts. I've been thinking about the past, which is dangerous. It's dangerous to think about the past because obviously you can never return to it. So you start to form these narratives in your mind. You start to form these uh, these harmful sort of hindsight is twenty twenty type ideals about the past and you go man you think back and you go man what it was just so easy for me then wasn't it if I just went back then just right there if I could just if my life if I could see the timeline of my life I just go back to that point right there bang just click in boom I'm in it man I'm living I'm there and I'm feeling great and everything is fine man I'm not worried about anything got money I got bitches you know I got friends who support me family fulfilling career fulfilling hobbies I'm I'm just doing me baby I'm doing me I'm living life right now don't want to get copyrighted so I can only sing two lines but of course we know that these narratives are, are dangerous. They're lies. They're not real. And all they do is make you become just severely depressed about your current situation. You just think to yourself, man, is my life just the worst it's ever been in this very moment right now? And for some people, objectively, yes, that is probably the case, unfortunately. And if you're one of those people, more power to you because... It's hard. I know it can be really hard. But for the majority of people, there really is no best part of your life. We can all romanticize certain periods, certain people we were with, things we did, you know, things we didn't do. But at the end of the day, you just have to keep living and you can't think about those those times because they're just problematic. They just... They just bring you down, and you shouldn't think of them like that. 
But in thinking about my own past, I thought about who I was in high school. And I know, you know, I'm an adult, but I'm not, I'm 22, right? So I'm not, I'm not too old to be reminiscing about high school and have it be really weird or uncomfortable. I'm still, I think I'm just reaching the end of the point where I'm allowed to think about it, you know, extensively and just reflect on it. And in that reflection, I was thinking about who I was then and who I am or who I purport to be now. And to be honest, they're different, but they're the same. You know, I think about that guy then, sort of that carefree class clown type, just always trying to make people laugh. Just I was always getting into hijinks. That's always what I wanted to do. That was my biggest concern in high school. What's my next hijink? What's the next thing I can do to just get a laugh from anybody? I don't care if it's the janitor, the teacher, this, the bully, the person who hates me, the person who likes me. It didn't matter to me, man. I just wanted to laugh. And I usually got one, you know. I remember this one time I used to wear, I used to wear like short sleeve button downs, you know, when it was warm out towards the later part of the year, you know, or the early part, depending on what part, what, what time period it was. It was probably, it would have been, you know, those April, May, June months where it's starting to get really warm and you can wear shorts every day. And I, I tended to wear button downs, like button downs, short sleeve button downs, you know, like a kind of like a Hawaiian shirt. I remember I had a couple different Hawaiian shirts that always were in rotation. And I just, you know, that was my look. And I remember this one day, <laughs> I bet my one buddy, uh, Luke, that I would unbutton up one more button down every every period of the day. Now, the high school I went to, we had blocking, which was we had four periods throughout the day. And they were called blocks. Or you could have two two classes in a block, so you'd have a half block for each class. But so I said for every every uh block change, including lunch, I'll unbutton another button down. And so I did that and by the end of the day, of course, I'm literally I mean my shirt is practically unbuttoned. And I didn't have an undershirt on, mind you. But it was just stuff like just and not even like reckless. I wasn't even like a daredevil. I knew kids who would do stuff like that, just risk personal injury or whatever to get a laugh. I never did that. The only thing I risked is social embarrassment, which it's kind of funny. Now I feel like I think way more about that shit than I did then. I mean, now I I couldn't give a shit less about. I mean, I don't even think about social embarrassment then. Oh, phew, that was nothing. That never stopped me from doing anything, man. I could do whatever, man. Take my shirt off. Freaking fart into a microphone. I didn't care, dog. I did not care. And I did it, man. I'm telling you, you can ask people who went to school with me. They will tell you. I was just trying to make people laugh. That's all I was trying to do. And, you know... I, but the funny part is I still did well in school. Like, I was not 
teachers liked me because I still did well in the classes. Like I wasn't the type, we all knew that type of kid who was like, he was a class clown, but he was like failing practically. And he would disrupt class and teachers would hate him because he would just take people's minds away from learning. But I never did that, man. I tried to do it. I found my hijinks in the off periods, you know, the times where people were switching classes or we were the teacher let us go to like do work to get work done at our own pace. That's when I shined. That's when I would go in for the kill and just try to do random funny stuff that I and the funniest part is I really did not care if I was the only one laughing. Like truly, truly, there have been incidents I remember vividly where everybody's nobody's even looking at me and I'm just laughing hysterically to myself and I'm thinking it, they, I probably look insane right now, but I didn't care. It's like, it was funny to me. If something's funny to me, it's funny. I don't care if God himself looks me in the eye and says, that's not funny, son. I'll say, eh, I'm going to have to disagree with you there, God. I think that was pretty funny. It's just like, to me, humor is the only thing, man. So if it ain't funny, I don't care. Like, it's so hard for me to care about, like, it, there's just most things I don't care about, and for that reason, most things are funny to me, and I hate, I hate, hate, hate these humor gatekeepers, these people who are like, well, that's not funny, because, here's what I have to say to you, shut up, okay, Shut your mouth, okay? Because if something's funny, it's funny, right? And so do not stop other people from laughing. Because laughter, man, that's what makes things better, you know? I mean, we laughter heals the pain, man. I'm telling you, you can look this up. You can ask real scientists. But laughter really is medicine I mean when you laugh and you forget about your worries I mean you just feel better you feel those chemicals in your brain reinvigorating you those feel-good chemicals and it just makes everything all right and you go wow that is just I just feel really good right now and you do you really do and it's it's a shame when I when you can see people who don't laugh that much. You can you can like see it on their faces. You can feel it s sort of permeating from their souls. You can just tell. You go, "Man, they just do not find joy in life that often." And it's upsetting, man. It makes me so sad. You just go, "Man, what happened in your life that you can't you can't laugh anymore? You don't want to." I just think about, I used to work at this sort of factory. And I say sort of factory because it was more like a food processing plant, but it had a factory atmosphere, and you'd find similar personalities and types who worked at a factory worked here as well. But, yeah, when I worked there, man, maybe it was just me being presumptuous. Maybe it was just me over-assuming you know, people's internal attitudes, but I would just look at some of these faces that I saw, and if I close my eyes, I can picture them now. They're just, 
their faces were just sort of so morose and withdrawn. It was like they've they've crumbled into themselves so much that they can't even they can't even function really. They're just like a walking vessel of a human, just devoid of emotion, of love, of hate, of fear, of success, of they were just so devoid of any human emotion at all just without it without the things that drive us that's the things that make us who we are and they just had none of it now again this is me just looking at them and seeing this and judging this but I do not know for sure so for any of those people I'm sorry if I'm I'm sorry if I, you know, I'm, I'm made the, made a bad guess about who you are really, but yeah, it just felt terrible looking at them. And maybe, you know, maybe that's, it's, it's a reflection of a bigger problem. You know, I see it on their faces. It's like, is, is the problem what we do with our time? Is that really the problem? I think it is, you know, I mean, people just, spend their time me included by the way don't let me c- convince you that i'm on some soapbox i mean i'm not at all i'm like i am just like everybody else in this fight like how do we spend our time and i think about this so much i think about our ancestors and when i say our i mean everybody because every single person you know all though we all come from far different parts of the globe we all have a similar humanity and all of our ancestors were were doing things completely differently with their lives the way we were now i have to be careful when i'm saying this because i'm not one of these people who sort of has a golden age thinking about life like i don't go man i wish i could be back there again man if i just lived in that time period everything would be groovy and I was just talking about this at the beginning. Obviously, that's a ridiculous way to think. And I'm not saying that. But I do think there are lessons we can take from our past selves. Or even our past. Literally our past selves. But also our ancestors. Because at the end of the day, the way we spend our lives right now, the most of us is a waste. And it's not this capitalistic drive of you must be productive with all your time, all the time, or you're a worthless human being. That's I'm actually the complete opposite of that. I do not subscribe to that notion at all. And I think people who do drive themselves to the point of suicide because you cannot win that battle with yourself. If you think, if every moment you're thinking to yourself, am I doing something productive or or good for society, for me, financially, you know, if you always are thinking like that, you're just going to have a really bad time. And I urge you not to think like that. But I also don't urge you to think, well, I don't, time doesn't matter. Who cares? I wasn't asked to be alive. You know, I'm going to die someday. Who cares how I spend my time? I'll do what I want and I'll die. And that's that. And, you know, if that's you, Okay, more power to you, but I do think there's a happy medium somewhere. Sorry, wrap my knuckle on the table. But I do believe that there is some sort of 
there's some sort of middle ground I think we can reach. Um, you know, people just spend their lives just doing just monotony after monotony. At work, they're doing monotonous work. They come home, sit in front of a screen, whatever size, phone screen, tablet, laptop, TV, you know, whatever it may be, playing video games, watching TV, binge watching, eating, drinking to excess a lot of times, smoking weed. And it just feels like we're just have it's this fight. It's like those eight, nine hours we're at work, we have to come home and fight that with as much just garbage as we can, just eating and drinking and fucking and and you know smoking weed and playing video games watching tv watching movies just sitting on our phones scrolling through tiktok reading reddit reading the news yeah reading the news let's not even get into that holy crap man if you want to cure your freaking mental health problems get off of facebook i mean this and i want to scream this from the top of the roof get off of facebook please Please, God, get off of Facebook. I try to tell my own mother this, but she won't listen. I mean, you just spin yourself into a frenzy if you stay on that thing. It's not good for you at all. But I just, it feels like we always have this constant battle between, you know, we work all day and we hate it. I mean, we just loathe it. How many people do you know? I want you to ask yourself, ask yourself, I mean, how many people do I know personally right now, right now, as I'm listening to this, how many people do I know who loathe their jobs, who, who do not like their jobs, they are not fulfilled by them, and they're just there to make a paycheck, to support their families, to feed their families, and to live their lives. I would argue it's the majority of people in the United States. And this is not anything groundbreaking, what I'm saying. Many other people have covered this already. But I'm just telling you, it's a, it's a fact. I don't know anyone. There are a few people who are lucky enough to find a job that fulfills them deeply. This real sort of connection to what they're doing. And of course... My father is the prime example for me. Every day, he can't wait to get up, wake up and go to work. I don't know anybody else who thinks like that. He is happy when he goes to work. He doesn't even like the weekend because he goes, oh, man, I don't, I'm not going to work this weekend. I want to go to work. He can't wait for Monday. I mean, how many people do you know who can't wait for Monday? That's crazy. But it's like, it's like, um, it's insanity. You're going, I, I can't wait for Monday? What? What? I can't wait for Monday? That's insane. And you think to yourself, man, why is it? Why are there so, so, so many people who despise what they're doing? And I think I'm going to tell you why. We have, in this country, fostered a culture of mediocre performance backed by mediocre education. And what I mean by that is 
every high schooler in America is pipelined into the college system without a clue of who they are or what they really want out of this life. And then they're, they're in college and they're guided further into a major that might be fun, you know, it might be interesting, but at the end of the day, it's not a super fulfilling job. But they do it because they can do it and they're smart and they can work hard and get good grades and they graduate they get a good internship a couple maybe and they get to the job and they do well there they get promotions raises more money more responsibility but then they take stock of where they're at and they go at any point did I ever ask myself is this enjoyable to me it's almost like we've been programmed to forget to ask ourselves do we do I even like this do I even enjoy this and you go that's insanity we've got generations after generations upon generations of people who are who aren't even asking themselves if they like what they do for the majority of the week now you guys got to remember here your career is the majority of your life like can I repeat that please majority think about it you spend five days a week out of the seven days of a week you have doing this thing and you're telling me you're not even going to take stock of what this thing is or if it fulfills you I mean that's insanity I mean that's craziness to not think about whether you actually like what you're doing for the majority of your life is absolutely nuts but it's not your fault. Here's where the good part comes in. Here comes the good part. It's not your fault. It's never been your fault. You didn't choose this life. And it, you shouldn't be hard on yourself for feeling bad about things. Because guess what? You did not choose it. You were put into this box by society and told this is what you do. Because guess what? Your parents did it. Their parents did it. Etc. Etc. Everybody's doing it. And everybody did it. So it's natural for you to do it as well. So please do not beat yourself up by, about this. Because it's not your fault. But there is someone to blame. And the blame, of course, is our society itself because if you think about it most people's jobs are just mentally stimulating enough for for when you get off work you're tired you're hungry you're you're exhausted you go well I don't want to do anything man I just want to relax what better way to relax than to put on the TV put on your favorite show heat up a, some leftovers cook a meal Eat some freaking Swanson turkey dinner if you want. But that's it. That's it. You don't do anything else. You're so tired from the thing you di dislike. You end up coming home and doing things you would not do. If you weren't so tired and just done with life and ready to take a break. I... 
it's it's it it it's insanity. And I don't know the solution. I don't have the solution. But I can tell you this. You need to take stock. Please take stock of your life before it's too late. Because one day you'll get old, you'll get some gray hair, you'll look in the mirror, you'll be you'll have shriveled up skin and you'll go, "What happened to all these years?" And you realize you slept through them practically. You slept right through them. Like you took the world gave you a big fat Xanax pill. You gobbled it up and you just slept right through them. And you wake up and you go, holy shit, here I am. 60, 70 years old. And what do I can, what can I take stock of in my life? Did I live or was I just alive? Please take stock of these things and do it while you're young. If you're a young person listening to this, do it right now. I'm, I'm ta- I don't care how young, 16, 17, 25, 30, 35. Everybody's young until you're 60, if you ask me. Even then, you can start over. So just think about your lives. Think about these things. And again, Dust Brew Live is my Instagram and my Twitter. Hit me up and... Uh, Yeah, let's talk about these things. If you got any questions, any comments about things I've said today, disagree, agree, just let me know. And, uh, yeah, this was fun. This was the first episode of Thoughts of Dust Brew. And, uh, yeah, follow me on social media and just uh, stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you very much, guys. Have a good one.